So the last time I was here, I talked about relationship and humility and then the power that comes out of that. And the message today is very, very similar, but in the context of Revelations 19.7. And it is up here on the screen. I'm going to first read just the verse, and then I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Can you see me? I can't see you. Okay. Okay. Man, those lights are bright. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Isn't it an ironic twist of what has gone on in our day? Every time I see a rainbow, I think about what's happened. When you read the end time stuff and that, that good is bad and bad is good and, and what man is is not man anymore and what woman is is not woman anymore, it blows my mind. The truth is, has nothing to do with gender, but in the spirit, each one of us are brides. And that's going to become incredibly clear in the, just in the next 40, 45 minutes or something. I just, I, I think this message will change your life. And there's some things that I hope you write down because I believe it will change your life. I hope that you'll be challenged by this message. Let's read it in the Amplified. Let us rejoice and shout for joy. Let us give him glory and honor. Oh, this is verse 7 and 8, because we're going to get to verse 8 in a little bit later in the message. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. We will dance on the streets that are golden. I just love that song. <laughs> For the marriage of the Lamb has come at last, and his bride the redeemed has made herself ready, has prepared herself. She has been permitted to dress in the linen, dazzling white and clean, for the fine linen signifies righteousness, righteous acts, and I love this part in context of this message today. Ethical conduct, personal integrity, moral courage, and godly character of the bride, of the believer. So what's really ironic is if you sit down with your six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 year older, the truth of the matter is, is that you will, if you teach them the word of God and the fullness of the word of God, this has, there's nothing to do with gender. You know, there's nothing to do with that you're heavy set or big or small or little or tall, or you have a big nose like all of us pomps, or, I, I didn't say that, or whatever it is. Whether you're black or white or yellow, 
it has to do with that you will become the very bride in spirit before you go to heaven and you will become the bride of Jesus. You, you are the submissive one. You are the one to break down and your posture is to stand before God morning, noon, and night every moment of your day and say, husband, I submit to you, Jesus. Do you know how beautiful you look when you worship? You think I enjoy myself up there? Can you kind of tell? Why? Because it is literally to see praise to, their, to, to the bride, to the one. It's kind of like this, two, this couple sitting here, you know, in the giggle, gaggle, goggle, woggle, moggle. You know, just this, this, it's what's supposed to happen. I kind of think you two love each other. And that's the way it's supposed to be. By the way, um, by the way, it, open up your prayer thing. And I, I want to have you come up in a minute, just, just for a minute. She hates spontaneity. I love it. I just love it. <laughs> We're going to be married in August 20th, 40 years. Uh, hallelujah. Yeah, I know that's twice as old as you are. <laughs> Forget it. Uh, dressed. The way that you dress is incredibly important. It signifies ethical conduct, personal integrity, moral courage, and godly character. Okay, my message today is three powerful points of readiness. Say this with me. His bride has made herself ready. His bride has made herself ready. Say, I am the bride, and a gurukin one. Come on, a gurukin one. Right? Number one, posture. I want to tell you, I don't know how to explain. I hope you go home and get in the dictionary and define this word. Even though it's not hugely biblical, the exact word, this word seems to define everything in my life that is godly. Everything in my marriage that is right. So let's just go to the first scripture because it, it describes perfectly. What is the devil's word? It's divorce. Quick story. I love stories, and I didn't put a whole, that many in my, in my message today. I, was, I had 15 youth group in, my, in Casper, Wyoming. And the first thing I did, I think I had 11, actually, um, when I started. I'll never forget the moment I started, and I stood up, and I began to talk to them about relationships. Well, after church... In every corner, there was about three or four people and their partner making out, like behind the garbage can and, and stuff like that. So I started, so I had this huge group, youth group of 11 people, and 
In three weeks, it was five. Because they didn't like my teaching about relationship. But I never, ever moved from this thing. Eight years later, we would have 75 kids that we would take to youth events, and, and, and we, we were building something. But I'll never forget talking about relationships and kissing and making out and all the things that teenagers want to do and trying to teach them this ethical posture, the way that you dress, the way that you, you said. And this girl stood up in the front row and she said, I can make out if I want to. All right. So I walked right up. I says, oh, okay. So we got in an exchange there in youth group. Well, the next thing you know, she was walking out, storming out. And the end of the story, just I can't move, go on and on. The end of the story is that in one less than one year, she had a pregnant with no partner. In, two, in three years, she had two children and no partners. And, and I, don't, I, I don't judge her. I don't even know where she went. I just know that was the story. But I, I just wonder if the posture of her life was submission and if she would have just listened at that moment. So posture, when you hear this word, I hope that it means something different to every one of you. But, but think of my posture to my wife and my relationship to her. And think of when we get into a spit spat, you know, or whatever, and we, we're not getting along. What is my posture? Is it humility or is it pride? Is it like this? I ain't moving. And I don't care. You, you know, you know, you, you know. So you have a choice. And this word posture is so powerful to me. So Galatians 5.19 says this. Now this is the posture of the flesh. Uh, fornication, adultery, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery. And don't you think it interesting that right along in the same verse is like adultery, like those horrible, terrible defiling things is hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of anger and wrath. My, what is that my posture? Selfishness. Oh, ouch. Dissensions, heresies, envy. That can't be in the same verse. Yeah. Is your posture any of these things? Then you're not making your, ra- your, your, your heart ready for the bride. I tell you this before. I don't have to read the rest of this verse, but go ahead and say, ouch with me. And I've said it beforehand. In times past, those who practice these things will not. It didn't say if you have them. It says if you practice the posture of these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Let's move right on past this one. How about that? And let's go to the bride's posture, the covenant posture, honesty posture. What would be the number one word if I would be honest with you and my marriage of 40 years? Stefan, faith, honesty which is directly tied to trust. Oh, I hate it. If we're in a conversation, oh, I hate it. And she says, 
I don't trust you. Oh, that, did, that gets deep. Please, whatever I could do to build that trust back, that is a marriage. The posture of kindness, ouch. The posture of long-suffering, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And this part, you can do a whole sermon. Against such, you're not under the law. Wow. So I am in a, we are in a period of time where the father is, I love my wife's hunger. Every time I come in the, in the house, she has either a worship thing on, uh, she has a teaching on, and it helps me and it helps her, it helps us. So hunger, hunger is a posture. You say, well, that's what I am all day long, I'm hungry. Yeah, I get it. Three times a day or four or five and whatever you decide to eat. What, what really is, what is your posture towards God? If you're really strong and have a posture towards God, you will learn how to fast. You, it's not if you fast, it's, it's when you fast. And what you fast is totally up to you. We have four months where we have no cable or whatever. We go on YouTube and we listen to teachings and worship. And it's, some, it's, some, it's great. But, I, but we have to go to the cross. And so in this context of this posture, let's go to Revelations 19, 13. You can just look at it here quick. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Why, did I, why do I slip this one in here about posture? I don't know. I just, I just, it's, just, it's just, that is the place that we have to go. You can't ever stop going. You can't ever stop kneeling and bowing down before and breaking, breaking this posture, this is the only one. The, the, the cross is the reason. Philippians chapter 2. And he humbled himself as in the form of a servant. And that's why godly, God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Go to the cross. Don't stop going to the cross. You say, well, he's resurrected. I don't know, but we have to go back to the cross. Let's, let's move on. I love this 132 Psalms, verse 9. Let your praise be clothed. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. What is this? It's posture. It's, it's when you wake up in my walking, in my talking, 
in my sleeping, in my waking? What is your posture towards the Holy Spirit? And let me tell you, this is what will happen in your life. You'll have a day where the Father will just put his arms around you. Why? Because you need it that day. And another day where you'll be at the cross and you'll say, thank you. Thank you for those nails that were in your hands. Thank you for the, the side that was pierced in the head that, that you had torture in your mind and thoughts, even in the garden. Thank you. And you will go there and you will have a posture of thanksgiving, a posture of gratitude for what he did. It will happen. And then there was a day, there's most of the days, where you might get up and the Holy Spirit is just bubbling, or he's not. And you have to plunge him, or you have to, the artesian well, you have, you have to get it going. Again, I honor Pastor Steve so much in the last several months. If you don't know what praying in the Holy Spirit is and baptism in the Holy Spirit, I just thank you. I, just, I don't know churches that spend a lot of time telling you how important it is to pray in the Holy Ghost. But you're clothed with righteousness. Breastplate of righteousness over your heart. We'll get there after a bit. Ephesians 5, 27. It's definite faith that you might present her to himself. A glorious church, not having spot nor wrinkle or any such thing, but that we should be holy and without blemish. Folks, the only way that you will get holy is if you're on your knees. God gave us some of the most incredible we were working in children's ministry with like 200 kids uh, in Michigan. And I would go home and I would look at my wife and I'd say, I don't quite get the pastor. It was like 800 people, in the, seven, 800 people in the church. And, and I just didn't get him. I didn't get where he was coming from. But God showed us, God put us in this place to show us that this great, beautiful, big church and this, all this stuff that is happening, when it came to his personal life, there was something amiss. He ended up having an affair with the, the secretary right after we left. And I share that because, because it has to do with posture. Oh, I was thinking about Joseph. Joseph, see, there's always a test. You say, well, I'm doing great. Leave me alone. You know, God, stay, stay here today, Holy Spirit. I'm going to go and kind of do my own thing my own way today. What is your posture towards him? What is your relationship? What is your fellowship with the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father all the time? Well, let's go back to Joseph. And you know what happened? He was thrown in the pit. And, and then he ended up in prison. And in one day, think about this. I don't know how long trying to remember how long he was in prison, sitting there, at getting dreams, interpreting dreams, and being a prophet, and all these different things. But in one day, he woke up in prison, and he got called in to the Pharaoh, 
And the next day, he was living in a penthouse suite, and he was second in command of all, all of Egypt. And the point is, is that his posture was always thankfulness. His posture was that God will, I don't, I don't know exactly what he said when he was in prison. He probably wasn't very happy, but he was waiting. That sprinkle rises, we wait upon the Lord. I just, I love listening to you sing that today. It was just, it was like, yes. He rises in me when I wait in him. When my posture what is your posture while you're waiting? That I'm going to today mount up with wings like eagles. I'm going to, come on, run and not be weary. I'm going to walk, not faint. James 4, 3 and 6. If you ask, you won't receive it for you have corrupt Posture. Look at me. Why didn't you receive? It wasn't praise. It wasn't thanksgiving. You left him in the prayer room and say, you stay here today. I'm going to go do my thing. Yes, if you have a sin in your life, you can track it to that moment when you're when your posture rose up and said, nope, I'm going to do my own thing. Listen to the rest of this verse. Seeking only to fulfill your own desires, you have become spiritual adulterers. Is that interesting? That, that word continues to come up. What's the first commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What's the second commandment? Thou shalt not commit adultery. No unholy affair and relationship with the world. For it says, God resists the proud, but pours out grace to the humble. We're going we're gonna to revisit this one a little bit. Everybody say this with me. His bride has made herself ready. Come on. His bride has made herself ready. And I'm gurukin. Number two, everybody say posture. And you're a terrible crowd. Everybody say posture. Yeah. Number two, prayer. What is number two point of readiness? And of course, we could spend days and months. And so I have five things, and I'm, I don't have praise in here because that one just goes in between all of these. I want you to write these five 
types of prayer down, and if you don't understand what they are, if I don't cover them uh, in detail, I commission you, young man, to go in and define what the word petition is. Honey, come up here a minute. Can she have a mic? Just a second. Thank you, Peter. You can stand right there, that little podium. Um, just read like two to three paragraphs of your prayer. Oh, sure, you can share some. Where's the Peter? There it is. So anyways, about probably four years ago, um, I was a part of a, a healing class at um, Real Life Church, actually. And um, my friend that taught it, um, she shared with us that a, a whole daily prayer, but it was only about this long. <laughs> and four years later, mine's like two long pages, 15. very, very small print. <laughs> you can do it in about 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, about like 15 that. minutes. But anyways. Every like, morning. Like Everyone. Tim said, there was just such a hunger when I went to this class, and I went to it for probably about three years straight, but, or two, yeah, three years, I think. So it's probably been longer than I've been doing this prayer, probably five or six. I don't know. Anyways. Just give my idea. We'll yeah. Okay. But that's what started the hunger. Anyways, um, I, I also pray for the nation. Um, as you all know, so much is Let going on. Let me set on. the stage here. She gets on her incredible steed, <laughs> and she stands in the place of petition, and she begins to ride, and then she starts, boom, go. Okay. Is that too dramatic? I'm sorry. Okay, so just a couple paragraphs. So a lot of it is just um, declaring. It's a, it's a prayer coving. I usually pray it out loud over our families, actually. So, and also, we used to own a rental home, and so I'd pray over them, too, and You're all of gonna, our family's rental. So, okay. Yeah. So, anyways, I start out, I say, Dear Lord, I come to you and repent, confess every known and unknown sin, according to 1 John 1, 9. I thank you, Lord, that your grace and your mercy has been poured out upon our families, on both sides of the family, that your loving kindness leads us to repentance that you take the blinders off our eyes so that we can see those hidden things that get in the way of our relationship with you so we can yield all our members to you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have eyes to see that when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. According to Isaiah 59, 19, we are God's children. We resist the devil. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We put on the whole armor of God. We take authority over this day in Jesus' name. And according to Luke 10, 19, I thank you, Lord, that you have given us power and authority over all the power of the enemy. And I take authority over you, Satan, in Jesus' name. You will not do anything in or through, round or about, above or beneath, Tim or myself, Johanna, Timmy, Rebecca, Grace, Liam, Mom and Dad Yonker, and all the relatives and extended families on each side of the family. In Jesus' name, we discern between the righteous and the wicked. We take authority over Satan and all his demons. 
and those who are influenced by them. We declare Satan is under our feet and shall remain, remain there, there all, day all day and all mm. night. Thank Hallelujah. you. Hallelujah. That's good. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, honey. So, can you see her riding the big white horse? Everybody say, petition. But you say, well, why does she pray it over and over? Uh, not for God's benefit. But if you would see the prayer, you would see the word thanksgiving. Oh, Lord, I thank you. See, I've already prayed this prayer, and we're going to get, and the third one is the prayer of faith. Um, so petition, thanksgiving, faith. So I'm making this so simple. And it needs to be simple for me. So when I'm going along in my day, what the Father wants me to do is praise. Praise. Everybody say praise. And worship. Find out your lane. Find out your groove in which you are worshiping and praising him. What is that? It's a posture. It's, it's either a posture of yeah, complaining, moaning, groaning or praise and worship. And all the people said. So petition is awesome. There's times where she says, I don't think I want to read this in front of you. Or, or, or whatever. Why? Because it's very personal. It's very personal to her. And it's personal to me. And it needs to become personal. And you need to take the time to petition him about what you have prayed in faith about. Those of you that have young children and there's babies that are being taken care of right now, you, you take them before the pastor and you, you, you dedicate them. We don't baptize them until, you know, they understand, but we'll pray a prayer of faith. From that day forward, you say, listen, Father, remember that day I prayed for that baby in front of the church or in my home? I prayed the prayer of faith. How about your healing? I prayed for a prayer of faith about my healing. Yes, I'm going to eat right. I'm going to live right. I'm going to try to be smart about my diet and health and everything. But I thank you. I petition you and I thank you for my healing. What am I doing here? I am preparing myself that if tomorrow morning the trumpet blows, I will be ready. And all the people said. The next prayer is the prayer of intercession. And I, I do, I think of Adam and Vicky and the incredible call of God in their life. They go into a country and they and they just literally walk on soil and they begin to intercede. And let me tell you, as you guys understand, there's so many levels of intercession. You say, at what point do you give up? Exactly. We have children and there's needs and there's levels. There's stuff going on in life. And, it, and there's, there's times where we get together and we pray. And then the next number five is praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm making this extremely simple and short this morning, but those five things, I beg you, I beg you to understand and define and do those five prayers, of course, with 
praise and worship. Let's say them together again. Petition. Thanksgiving. Faith. The prayer of intercession. And praying in the Holy Ghost. That's Jude chapter 20. I have, in fact, the last two weeks I've sent about 12, 14 scriptures on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Come up to me. Uh, I think I sent one to you a couple weeks ago on the baptism and the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's just, you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need... One day I was driving along and it was the, the weirdest, craziest thing. I, I, I can't quit the bus because I, I, I just still do it one day a week. And uh, so one day I was driving along and all of a sudden, I started to pray. And the next thing you know, tears are just flowing down my face. I was sitting there, <laughs> and I'm just weeping and crying. And, and then somebody gets on the bus and says, hi. <laughs> my glasses were firmly on my sunglasses. I got nice dark ones. And I kept on praying. It, was, it went on for about 45 minutes to an hour. I bet you 10, 15 people got on the bus. I says, hi. I'm not talking today. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, something's going on here. Uh, I am the bride. Don't forget it. Anyway. Uh, and uh, it was, and the next thing you know, I've had a breakthrough. And then five minutes later, I had a break. And this friend from out of town called. And then I knew exactly what was going on. It was just, it was powerful. It was, are you ready? And the answer is, are you praying? So Herb, let's go. Number one, this is the Bible, always. And so you can write this down. I can send you these notes. Um, just take this in. It's going to take about three minutes to do this. Number one, pray always. Pray without ceasing. Pray all the time, First Thessalonians 5. Pray three times a day. Pray evening and morning and at noon. How do you ready yourself? Pray seven times a day. Pray in the morning. A great while before day, he went out and prayed. Uh, pray at daybreak. Pray the third hour of the day. Oh, about the sixth hour. About, uh, well, let's just take a moment on number 11. Here we go. Sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care that bids me and my father's throne makes all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief. And oft escape the tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. So you say, well, it should be every minute, shouldn't it? Yeah, well, do it every hour and let's start there. At evening, by night, at midnight, 
At midnight, they prayed. They were in stocks and chains. And the earth began to quake. And the earthquake took off, and they were praising, and they were praying at midnight and praising God, and their chains fall off. And the next thing you know, there was salvation going on all around them, and miracles and signs and wonders because they were praying at midnight. Next, they wrote a list of places of prayer in the Bible, in the assembly, in the congregation, in your closet, in the upper room, on a housetop. Peter was praying, remember? Peter loved Jews, but he wasn't too crazy about Gentiles. Peter was a staunch Jewish believer. And God said, take that pork chop and take a big bite out of it. As he was praying. And he says, no way, I can't do this. I won't do this. Remember, God broke all of his religious C-R-A-P and God changed his life. I didn't say that in church. Sorry. God changed him on the housetop, in the temple, on the shore, in the mountain, in the garden. Okay, just part of a song. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear Calling on my ear, the Son of God discloses, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, and the joy we share. As we tarry there, none other has ever known. Ooh, I goosebumps. on their beds, in a desert place, in every place. And again, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, pray, have the posture of prayer without ceasing. And I'm telling you, I confirm my brother, you can't do it without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Without ceasing. And lastly, in thanksgiving. And again, the scripture, 527, that he might present to her a glorious church not having spot nor wrinkle. 
that should be, we should be holy and without blemish. The bride is making herself ready. And so this verse, this last verse, before we go to our last point here, beloved, uh, in 1 John 3, yep, beloved, we are God's children. I love this verse. We are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we shall be. But we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like him. For we see him as he truly is. We will see him as he truly is. And all who focus their hope on him will be purifying themselves, will be preparing themselves for that moment. I often have this moment when I had, I get very few dreams that, that I'm taken into and that are prophetic and powerful. Dreams, this is something that I've never done. But there's one that I had that it just, won't go away ever. I don't know if ever go away. I was on this like courthouse or some kind of a civil building, and there was these big old stairs, and uh, I was coming down like this, and the next thing you know, I can still remember the moment in the dream. Next thing you know, whoa, I saw the bottom of somebody's shoes. Whoa. And then over on this side, boom, these people started flying up in the air. And I said, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Say it. It's happening. But I didn't go. Uh, it, it was a good thing. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Immediately... I was in the face of a friend named Tom who I've been praying for. I laid out in the pup tent. I was his neighbor. I played basketball with him. And he would never. It was, it was this. It was this, this. I just don't want Jesus. And I would come back after years being gone and I would visit and I said, come and meet me. Okay, I'll come and meet you. And when I'd show up at the place, he wouldn't show up. He's afraid. He's living in fear and torment. And instead of me going up, which the father didn't want me to see that, there he was. And I was it's happening. And I'm trying to explain to him at the last minute, folks, he wasn't ready. I don't know if he's dead today. I'm not sure. I, I keep on trying to find him. You know, you know how that goes. But we can't stop interceding and praying. Don't give up for those who have this posture towards God and towards the things of God. Uh, I don't think my friend came today. Uh, maybe they're looking online. I, I don't have time to tell the whole story. Somebody, we had a Bible study in our home and his, his mom came and he, this gentleman was in prison and he has the greatest story. And I was at, we were at their house last Sunday night. And I finally got to meet him. He got out of prison. He, he's starting to drive. He, 
he's, he does devotions every single morning. And in a couple weeks, I'm going to baptize him and his mom. And um, it's another long story. But I just, I think about the softening that took place in prison, in jail. God will do what he wants to do, but you can't give up. Are they backslidden? Don't give up. Don't stop interceding. Don't, prop, don't stop for yourself preparing your heart. Don't stop praying. Ask God to teach you how to pray. Petition, thanksgiving, understanding, thanksgiving, intercession, and worship. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop preparing your heart. Don't, don't ever stop the posture of humility. Uh, Oh, let's finish this verse. So I added this phrase in here. But we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be like him, for we will see him as he truly is. And those who focus their hope, hope on him will always be purifying themselves. His bride has made herself ready. Just as Jesus is pure. 1 John 3, 2 and 3. Love it. Point number three. Power. So as we close, Think about Acts 1.8, and it says, it's not on here, Herb. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Let's go to this verse, Revelations 19, verse 8. Take a look at this verse, and I'm just about done here today. She has permitted, she has been permitted to dress in fine linen. I love the context of this. How are you dressed? What's your posture? Is it black? Or is it white and purity? When you stand before him, are you his son or are you illegitimate? Do you have confidence to boldly go into the throne of grace where you may obtain mercy and find help in time of need? Or are you afraid? Is there shame? It's up to you. You have been permitted to dress in fine linen, dazzling white clean, for the fine linen signifies the righteous acts, ethnic conduct, personal integrity, moral courage. The passion in Acts 1.8. But the promise, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you, say it with me, will be 
seized with power. I understand that. I understand the bride. There's no greater example than when she trusts me, when there's a moment of trust and she's grabbing onto my hand or my arm, and, and this is God's perfect picture. And she looks at me and she says, you have to lead this prayer. You have to lead this, this horrifying situation that we're in. She would rather not, but she is empowered when I take the lead. When, I am in, when she is infused with me and we go and I am the head as God has called me to be, and I don't know, maybe this offends somebody. I'm not sure. Maybe it could, but you better understand the Bible. He is the head. He is the only head. He is the head of all principalities and powers. By the way, Adam, something I want to share with you about the whole principality of teaching I want to, want to send to you. We got to go to coffee again sometime. Thank you, Jesus. Because it's powerful, isn't it? When, when we know where we stand with the Lord and when there's a powerful and there's a confidence, when, when there's an exchange, all divorce and all defraud and all mistrust, that's not the posture. When the Holy Spirit is doing his thing, I have power. I have strength. I have understanding. I have wisdom. I have knowledge of exactly what to do. And again, you talk about petition. You know what I petition? I'm not kidding you. 10,000 times in the last 40 years. Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. That the God of our Lord Jesus the Father of glory, would give unto you and would give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation by the acknowledging of Jesus that the eyes of my understanding would be opened, that I would know the hope of my calling and what is the glory of your riches in the inheritance. If I'm not empowered when I'm saying that scripture, I don't know, I don't know what power is. I think you understand posture and when I have a, the right posture I will always be praying and when I am praying and I am in him and he is in me I am going to pray with effectiveness I am going to pray like first John says that anything you listen anything you desire when you pray and you believe, the mountain will go into the sea. You say, so name it, claim it? Yeah, I've heard that before, but it does not line up with the word. It's talking about his desires on the inside of you, and you begin to pray, and you will pray with power. You will pray with effectiveness. You will pray the truth. You will pray. Let's go to Ephesians 3. This is, I think he, he read this at the beginning of the service. And let's read this again. In fact, will you read it with me? 
Here we go. On the count of three. One, three. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth, and I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be deep inside you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and exclusive it is. Wow. Let's go back to the first verse, or the, the 20th verse that I just read. I humbly kneel. And I pray that you would unveil within you the unlimited glory of his riches. Wow. And then what is the rest of it? Power. That's in the Passion Translation. Go, go read it again. Memorize it. It's, it's powerful. I'm going to end with a story, and then I'd like to pray with you today. This has to do with the wedding, but a little bit different story. But this has to be with, with your salvation. I love stories. Ruth Metzger, I'm sure you don't know who it is, but she was a, a famous singer. She was asked to sing at a very wealthy man's and woman's wedding. According to the invitation, the reception would be held at the top of Seattle's Columbia Tower, Northwest's tallest skyscraper. She and her husband, Roy, were excited about attending. The reception waiters in tuxedos offered luxurious hors d'oeuvres and exotic beverages. The bride and the groom approached the beautiful glass brass staircase that led to the top floor. Someone ceremoniously cut a satin ribbon draped across the bottom of the stairs. They announced the wedding feast was about to begin. The bridegroom ascended the stairs. Following the guests, the top of the stairs, a maitre d'ay with the bound notebook greeted the guests outside the doors. May I have your name, please? I'm Ruthana Metzger, and this is my husband, Roy. He searched the M's. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not finding your name. Would you spell that, please? Ruthana Metzger, she spelled it out. After searching the book, 
The matter day looked and said, I'm sorry. Your name isn't here. With shock, Ruthanna replied, I was the singer. I sang at the wedding. The gentleman answered, doesn't matter who you are. Without your name in the book, you cannot attend this banquet. He mentioned to the waiter and said, show these people the service elevator. And the Metzgers followed him past the beautiful decorated shrimp, whole salmon, magnificent carved sculptures adjacent to a band, an orchestra, which was just about ready to play. They were dressed in white tuxedos. The waiter led Ruthanna and Roy to the service elevator and they went to their car. On the way back, Roy reached over, put his arm on Ruthanna and said, sweetheart, what happened? She began to cry and she said, I, I was the singer. How could they forget about me? I left the RSP and I got busy and I forgot to send it in. She said, think of if I stand before Christ one day and my name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. Will you stand with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, will you just say this with me? Say, Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for, give, for forgiving me of all my sin. I receive you into my heart and life. Thank you for all that you have done for me, Lord. I ask you to change my posture to humility and love and joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, self-control, faithfulness. God, I ask you to expand my prayer life. Come on, let's say it again. Lord, I ask you to expand my prayer life. Teach me petition and thanksgiving. Teach me intercession in the name of Jesus. Teach me to pray in the Holy Ghost dozens of hours a day. Let my attitude change in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. So if there's one of those areas of your life where you're really convicted today, after the announcements, um, we'll just have him like put on some music or something. Uh, Kathy and I will be up here and please a couple more elders, uh, pastor, whoever is in charge of uh, being up here would love to pray with you regarding anything that's in your life. I pray this life has changed your life. This message has changed your life today. Learn all those ways of prayer and don't stop.
get, everybody say it, I am getting ready for the groom to come. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. You may be seated just for a moment. Thank you. Hallelujah. A couple of quick family things. Uh, we're looking for volunteers. Actually, we're not looking. Uh, Faith Weber and Stephen Sharon's wedding is on July 22nd, and they are looking uh, for some help, some volunteers. Uh, if you'd like to sign up right outside in the welcome uh, center table there, um, if you want to help decorate before the wedding, serve cake uh, and food during the reception, uh, please write your name and number on the sign-up sheet. Um, also, uh, if you're part of the email prayer request chain, you've already heard this. If you want to be on a part of the email prayer request list, let us know. Uh, Thursday, Jason Bush had an accident. Uh, he injured his left eye while sanding Cody's car. He had successful surgery yesterday, hallelujah, at Abbott, Abbott Northwest in the cities to repair his retina that was mostly detached. He's on his, they're, they're on their way home already today. Praise God. Um, we're giving you the opportunity to give an offering for their needs uh, today and next week, especially if you want to write a check to the church and then put uh, the bushes in the memo, um, or if you want to put cash or your check in one of those little uh, envelope things, um, please do so. Um, all right, then we've got some announcement, other announcements in prayer. All right, just a couple more announcements here. Uh, first and foremost, after the uh, we're done here in just a couple of minutes, we're going to have a wonderful meal prepared to, for us by Julie Bush. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, tater tot hot dish. Yes, yes, yes. And we, we made sure not to skimp on the tater tots. I know that that's a, a concern I can see already on your faces. Are there gonna be enough tater tots, I assure you? Yes, there are. <laughs> We piled them high this morning. They're very good. Um, so, yes, hopefully you're hungry, getting ready for that. Very good. A uh, couple other things here. On Wednesday, there's going to be a time change for the Touchpoint with Pastor Stephen Joyce. Uh, it's going to be at uh, 9 a.m. Uh, and, of course, on every Wednesday, we have our 6 p.m. activities. That's Amplify Youth Group. Um, there will be no kids' activities this week, though, but there will be the men's group as usual. And I have one event here on July 1st. Uh, Love Cradle International is putting on a silent auction and it says here, a desert evening. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that's a dessert evening. <laughs> Remember, it's uh, two scoops, right? You want two scoops of ice cream on your dessert. So there's two S's there. <laughs> Um, yeah, a taste of Ukraine to support Ukrainian refugee program. We need your help. Uh, consider volunteering or being part of the team. There's a contact there on the screen if you're interested. And a couple of things that were handed to me. Uh, on Mondays at 6.30 p.m., there is a women's Bible study that's uh, led by Joan. If you have more uh, questions about that, you can ask her. Uh, it's a good thing. Come on, be a part. Um, we also have a youth camp video, I believe. We can play that.
Awesome. So before we let you go, just a reminder that our tithe boxes are on the back as you go out, and I think I'll just pray over us as we go to our meals. And just a reminder that, you know, Tim was talking about posture today. As we're fellowshiped together, let's remember our posture towards one another, right? That is uh, to be a mirror, right, of our posture towards the Lord. And so, Father, we lift ourselves up this week as we go out from here that the words that were spoken today wouldn't just be something that is left here in this room, but it'd be something resting on our hearts, that those prayers and petitions, that thanksgiving, that praise would be overflowing from us um, as we go from here, as we interact with each other, as we fellowship with each other, that there would be something different about the way we exist as Christians in this world, that would be something clear and evident to those that we meet and those that we are going to be um, serving and doing things with and working alongside of all those people that aren't here with us this morning. Um, we pray that this message would affect them as well, that our posture towards you would be mirrored in the way that we touch others in our lives. So in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. You're dismissed. God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning.